my next guest is somebody I've been following for a while on YouTube. He does just the most outstanding audio gear reviews, microphones, audio interfaces, mixers, and he's got a great sense of humor. He's super talented, uh, musician, podcaster, uh, just a great guy. And I'm so excited to have him on a, a universe show for the first time. Welcome, Bandrew Scott of Podcastage. Thank you, Ross. Thanks for having me. That is quite an introduction. My gosh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I watched your videos before I got the Shure SM7B. I, I watched your videos on that. I watched your videos on some of its competitors. Uh, in fact, okay. I didn't necessarily leave the house that morning uh, <laughs> planning to buy the SM7B. I was planning, maybe thinking something else was in the lead, but you know, you have to do those tests. You can't just, you know, hey, that mic seems, looks cool. I'll take that one, right? You test them exactly. out. Exactly. Um, uh, but, you know, you can't go wrong following your, your reviews. You were saying you got started in, uh, what, March of 2015? Yeah, that's when I first started. And I actually didn't start with microphone reviews. It was actually just podcast episodes and mm -hmm. then i started getting back into testing the gear that i was using just for fun and just to offer something back to the youtube community do you remember what the first microphone you tested was you know it may have been a test of the cloud lifter with the zoom oh, h4 okay. the sm58 and the sm7b i think that right. may have been the first one <laughs> <laughs> so um to borrow a page from our friend chris curran who uh does a great show the podcast engineering show he always does a lightning round and asks yeah. guests what they're using in this case it's very appropriate because uh i think people would love to know what you're using and then we can get into your to your recommendations so yeah absolutely i am your twin today I am yep. running the Shure SM7B, which is probably my favorite microphone of all time. Then I am running that into the SE Electronics Dynamite, which does the exact same thing as the Cloud Lifter. And I'm running wow. that into the Universal Audio Aero interface. And for the preamp, I am emulating the Universal Audio 610B, the 1176 compressor, and the LA2A compressor. That's quite a setup. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's taken a lot of time to to sort out exactly what I like, and it's just a lot of fun tinkering with this kind of stuff. So let's start it. I always like to start out uh, for beginners and then move to more advanced. Uh, somebody is just getting into live streaming or podcasting. They need a microphone. Uh, what do you recommend? I, I have a bunch of recommendations, but I am going to be a shill. I've never okay. been paid by them, but we've started a little bit of a cult in, in, in my community for this microphone. It's the Samson Q2U. This is, it's very similar to the Audio-Technica ATR2100 USB and the AT2005 USB, meaning it is both XLR and USB. So mm. as a beginning, podcaster or live streamer you can start with usb get really great sound quality and get really good background noise rejection because it is a dynamic microphone dynamics typically do that better and right. then 
as you progress and you start getting the audio bug, you can upgrade to a, a USB audio interface, get some get some external gear and and really start playing around with that. So that is probably my number one most recommended microphone just because it sounds so good and it comes in at around 50 bucks. I think it's that's what amazing, it was for that. It's an amazing value. Um, when I first started live streaming, everybody in the podcast community was talking about the ATR 2100. Yeah. So I bought that and I, I would still recommend that as something people should consider. Yeah. Uh, for me, I thought it sounded uh, like just a little too thin, a little too quiet, and I, maybe even slightly a little shrill. I just didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't see what all the hype was about. So I, I went back to the uh, the store, and they had this thing, Samson Q2U, and I was like, "That looks like a more professional mic. <laughs> Let's try that." I had no idea; I'd never even heard of it. And I was blown away at how good it was for a $50 mic that uh, at that time came with a crappy set of headphones that I yep. never used. <laughs> uh, but now they've, they, they actually give you the windscreen for free. So that's something of, of value. Uh, but I started talking about that mic and I don't think most people had known what I, in my community, like people started to get to know just like, in yours i've never heard word one from samson i think one time i did a review of it and they're like oh we'll we'll share this or something and whatever yeah so, i mean <laughs> i'm not an affiliate for them i have no relationship with them but hey they make a very good entry level mic there's no question about it <laughs> exactly that's all a company really has to do if you make a good right. product people are going to love it and now i sound like a full-on shill Right, right. <laughs> but but I think you hit the the nail right on the head. The Q2U has a bit more body and oomph in the low end compared to the 2100 and the 2005. These are the 2100 and the 2005. I got to remember there may be non-video listeners are a little bit more mid-forward, and right. it sounds like there's a, a high pass filter. So the Q2U more body, but a little bit more sibilant it can suffer from some sibilance. So that's something to keep in mind. If you whistle your S's, the Q2U may not be the best bet for you because it does have a boost in the frequency where the majority of people exhibit the sibilance. So that's something to keep in mind there. The thing about all these mics when you're starting out, um, they're USB. Uh, what do you think about them as far as taking them out in the field with a recorder or, uh, you know, live streaming with a phone and you know using some type of adapter uh as far as handheld mics go do you do you recommend them for that use i think they could be used for that i don't really recall how well they are at rejecting handling noise that's right. something that i would have to, to test again that, that'd be a good idea how good are they are they at rejecting handling noise but i think you could use them for that I, you may be better served by picking up an omnidirectional dynamic like the Rode Reporter because that's exactly what it's designed for. It's designed to be used out in the field. It's built like a tank. It does a really good job at rejecting handling noise, and it's a little bit more forgiving if you're moving back and forth between yourself and somebody you're interviewing because it does have that omnidirectional polar pattern. Well, speaking of interview mics, is that is that your favorite, the Rode re Reporter? You know... The oh gosh, who is it? The Lewitt. I don't remember the name, 
Lewitt Broadcaster maybe, they make a really nice one. And then the Electro Voice EV635. Oh, that one. is a classic <laughs> one. So I the, the RE50, which I, okay. I love. It, it really isn't like a beautiful sounding mic, but it picks up it picks up the the interview it gets you the interview right which that, is that's like exactly exactly so you may use that in the studio and think this sounds bad <laughs> but <laughs> they designed it to sound that way for a reason because when you're out in the field you don't want it to pick up all the air frequencies where there's a bunch of whistling in the background you don't want it right. to pick up all the traffic rumble so it rolls off a little bit of the low end and the high end sounds a little bit a little bit nasally but it captures the voice. It's exactly what you want it to capture, which is great. Now, what do you think about using, uh, before we get back to the studio, what do you think about using mics such as uh, the SM58 from Shure or uh, Sennheiser uh, has a bunch of different handheld mics. I think the E835 is, yeah. uh, you know, probably a good choice for, live streaming podcasting what do you think about using those as interview mics uh if somebody's looking for like an all-purpose mic that they can use in the studio they can take with them they can plug into a recorder or into an audio interface yeah i certainly think you could do that these do a really decent job at handling noise rejection so as you're holding it in your hand you're not going to have too much rumble or bumps being picked up but you will run into that same issue where they're pretty directional. So unless you have really good technique and you're really quick at right. moving between yourself and the person you're interviewing, you may actually lose something. But if you are on a budget and you can only get one microphone, absolutely, these were, would work perfectly fine for that. So yeah, that's a good option. We're talking with Andrew Scott from the YouTube channel Podcastage, uh, an outstanding audio gear reviewer. And uh, let's get back to, okay, so you've got a USB mic, you've been doing live streaming or podcasting for a while, and now you want to move up to the next level and get a quote-unquote professional mic that plugs into a mixer or audio interface. Um, should you go right to the Shure SM7B, or are there other options in between if you're budget conscious or, you know, for whatever reason, this isn't the right mic for your voice? Yeah, so let me start by saying this. Once you get above those $50 USB microphones or maybe the $100 Dynamics, your audience likely isn't going to notice a difference. You're upgrading for your for yourself. Right. You may feel a little bit more comfortable on the microphone. You may think you sound better on a certain microphone. So when you start broadcasting or recording, you'll have a little bit more confidence in what you're releasing. And that will make you a little bit more willing to share it. It will make you more, for lack of a better word, and just reusing the same word, more confident and willing to share it around. So with that being said, yeah, you could upgrade to the SM58. That's a staple. But in the $100 price range, this is a sleeper microphone that I don't hear enough people talk about. It's the SE Electronics V7. I think that this thing sounds bonkers for the $100 price range because the SM58 sounds a little bit closed off. Then you have something like the E835, which is a lot brighter, but right. I would venture to say it's a little bit too bright. Then you have the 
SEV7, which is more neutral sounding. So it's going to capture what you're putting into it a little bit more accurately. And in my opinion, that just yields a more pleasing sound. So for $100, if you bought some, any of these microphones, really, you would be perfectly set. And then as far as interfaces, you don't have to spend $5,000. You could get the Focusrite 2i2. You could get the Behringer UM2, which is a $30 interface. And it would serve you pretty darn well for 30 bucks. So you don't have to upgrade to the top of the line SM7B, RE20, U87, any of these things. You can easily get by with the $100 microphones and your audience likely wouldn't even notice. There are a lot of podcasters that use something like the Behringer XM8500. This is a $20 microphone and it sounds pretty dang ridiculous. Nobody's going to complain if you're using this saying, your audio stinks, I'm not listening anymore. They'll say, this person sounds pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it, it, one of the things I notice is that um, people have a hard time telling, like you were saying, if you go, even going from the Samson Q2U to the Shure SM7B, people really don't even, didn't even notice the difference that much. What they do notice, though, is on occasion, I've had an issue before I got the interface that I'm currently using. I sometimes had an issue with the interface and the computer, and I would have to swap into uh, the USB mic. When you go down a level, people can then start to perceive it. Even if it's slight, they do perceive it. But you're absolutely right. I mean, you can sound fine on a $20 $50 mic. The, the real difference is between not using a mic and using a mic is where you really <laughs> often find the difference. Yeah. Or if you're jumping from just using the built-in microphone in your right. iPhone and then going to an actual microphone, people will just be blown away. You could get the $20 microphone and people will think you're the greatest broadcaster ever. Oh my God, this person sounds right. incredible. So <laughs> what do you um, I think about the Rodecaster Pro, which is uh, it seems to be really popular. Anybody doing a setup is is kind of, you know, you see anybody setting up for an event now. It's like, OK, all the cool kids got to have one of those. Are you a fan? What do you what do you make of it after uh, doing a rather extensive review of it? Yeah, I think it's a really great device. I had a lot of criticism, not a lot, but I had some pretty important criticisms of it where it didn't multi-track. I really don't like that it doesn't have the SD card where you can read it while it's plugged in. There was a couple of things that they were able to fix. The multi-tracking to the SD card and the multi-tracking over USB. Those were my main big complaints because I think if you are recording a podcast with four people, maybe four people, and then somebody calling in and then a soundboard. You have so much going on that if you are a beginner, you may need to make adjustments in post. So I think it was a big detriment initially, but since they've resolved it, I think it is a much more appealing device. A little bit expensive at 600 bucks, but it does a really nice job and it really is the only thing in the field right now that does what it does. So I am really excited to see what other companies and their competitors do 
knowing that there's a market for this type of device. The sound quality seems to be better than what I expected when I first, I, I just didn't know what Rode was going to do as far as preamps go and all that. And it seems to sound pretty good. I mean, th there's some lack of customization with mm -hmm. some of the features. Um, uh, what do you, have you reviewed the uh, Mix Pre from Sound Devices? I bought one with the intent of reviewing it. And then I saw some of the reviews that other people did and just threw out my arms and said, I can't do anything better than this. Why did I spend my money? And it's it's such a complex device. It would probably be a longer review than my Rodecaster Pro, which was 25 minutes. And that review nearly killed me. Right, <laughs> it was right. just so stressful. I don't know if I can do another uh, mix pre type review, so. What are your thoughts on it in general? It really is an amazing device. The preamps on it are insane. <laughs> I, I haven't dived too deep into it as far as all the functionality, but as far as the pre's, which is one of the main things that I was intrigued by, it's killer. It really is amazing. It may be yeah. a bit expensive. What is it? 700 for the three and 900 for the six. The three six fifty, so it's fifty dollars more than the the Roadcaster Pro. Um, I think the six is around nine hundred. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, what's interesting is I think the Roadcaster Pro is more fun mm -hmm. as far yeah. as having the board and you know having you can you can line up some sound and and you have some uh, processing features, not full full featured, but you have some settings you can play with. Uh, but the sound quality of the Mix Pre 3 is professional grade. It's a professional device that they somehow yeah. managed to make it a cons for consumers, right? Yeah, you're, you're paying for what you're getting, but you are getting some of the best pre's on the market. Yeah. Um, talk about uh, other options for uh, for your in your audio chain that people might want to consider beyond microphones and and audio interfaces. Okay. Um, one thing, especially if you're a live broadcaster and you aren't able to do processing, maybe you don't have something like the Arrow, or maybe you're streaming with a piece of software that doesn't allow you to do processing something like the dbx 286s it's 200 bucks it's got a preamp uh what else does it have a compressor deesser a little bit of a lackluster eq in my opinion mm -hmm. i know some people swear by it but i am not a, i'm not a big fan of that <laughs> and then you have an expander and gate so if you have an air conditioning on in the background you can kind of tune that out a little bit so for 200 bucks if you are live streaming and you have a lot of noise going on, or maybe you want to add some compress compression to it so you have a little bit less dynamics in your voice. So if you kind of drift off when you're done talking, maybe it could compress that down a little bit. The DBX 286S is a killer option. That's one so of the main things I would recommend. You plug your mic right into that. That's becomes the channel strip. And then you go into an interface after that and into your computer um I, I guess if people are using something like the roadcaster or one of the mix pre devices then that isn't an option you you're living with the compression that you have or don't have uh, depending well, on the device not necessarily with the roadcaster pro yes because they don't have line inputs that's one of my critiques of the device 
because when you're running out of this, you don't want to run through XLR into your mixer because that's mic level. This outputs right. line level, which is a little bit louder, if I'm not mistaken. So you want to run quarter inch into your device. The Mix Pre 6s and Mix Pre 3s do have line input, so you would be able to run to that. But the road you can change your XLRs to line input, I believe, right? You may be able to switch the XLRs if you can. That's great. Then I absolutely. Think so. Okay. I think I think so. I have to check. There's so many different settings on the, on the advanced <laughs> level. Uh, but the thing is, like the pre's are so good, you don't want to give up that. Exactly. And so, like, I don't know that there's a way to run out of it and run back in without you know making things so complicated. Yeah, it gets very complex there. You need to run inserts and returns. And I don't think most entry-level mixers, and I don't think many devices like the Mix Pre would have that functionality. I don't think the Mix Pre has enough out ports to allow for that, right, actually. Right. We're talking with Bandrew Scott from Podcastage. Uh, we're going to go into some post-show sh very shortly. Uh, Walt and Dale Roberts from Live Streaming Tech will be joining us uh, along with Bandrew on the post show, we can take your questions about audio, about video. Uh, these guys know, I think you do gaming too, right? Uh, I know Walt does a lot of gaming. We don't normally talk gaming on this show, uh, but I, I, I'm going to open it up for those questions as well. Um, uh, what about uh, recording? Where do you record your, your audio into? Do you use a, a digital audio workstation? What, what type of software do you use? So I used to record directly into Logic Pro 10, but no matter what I set all of my settings at, I would run into buffer issues. What that would lead to is these random pops in the middle of my recording and I could not resolve it, no matter what I set my buffer size to, anything. What I did is switch from Logic Pro, now I just record directly into Audio Hijack. So it doesn't have any processing, no nothing. It is just a digital recorder, and it allows you to record multiple sources, 24-bit, 48 kilohertz, all the way up to 192 kilohertz. So I'll record directly into that, then after I'm done recording, drop it into Logic and do all of my processing there. Ah, okay. And what would you recommend for somebody uh, starting out who maybe doesn't have much experience with audio editing? Uh, what, what What is a, a good first uh, sort of entry-level option if, that they could use for recording? If they're on Mac, I started on GarageBand. It's free super easy, super intuitive. And then it's a very logical progression to go up to Logic Pro if you find that it doesn't have all the functionality that you need. But if you are on Linux or Windows, you could do Audacity. That is what everybody raves about. It's free. It's pretty dang powerful. You may not ever need to move from it. But if you want a little bit higher quality, it is platform agnostic, something called a Reaper. That is $60. So mm -hmm. you could use it on Mac, Windows, Linux. If you're somebody who just switches operating systems willy-nilly, that'd be right. perfect for you before you get up to the $200 or $600 or $20 a month. 
I hate these subscription services. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's so great having you on, Bandrew. Um, Thank you for uh, offering to stick around for the post show. I'm going to bring on uh, Walt and Dale in just a second. Tell everybody where they can find you uh, online. And especially, we've been giving out the YouTube channel and Twitter, but especially that awesome article that you wrote, which really goes through all the microphones that you should consider for podcasting. Thank you. Yeah. Um, the best place to find me, it just aggregates everything. There's links to everything. It's bandrewscott.com. That's Andrew with a B. And then if you want to go directly to that article, it's bandrewscott.com slash find the right mic. Or actually, I think I bought a custom domain. You might be able to go to find the right mic.com. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't have something written out ahead of time for that. <laughs> so we'll just use andrewscott.com slash find the right mic or try out find the right mic.com. And uh, I think that's a good URL for you in addition to your name and <laughs> podcastage because uh, that's what you do. You help people find the right mic. Your, your reviews are tremendous. And uh, thanks again. It's an honor to have you on the show.